0: hello and welcome to the dj force 10 in conversation podcast episode 162 a dj special today i bring you dj random to the show former dmc champ turned judge um dj tutor uh still obviously djing working with um in fact just worked with cold cut which is amazing which we do talk about in the uh, in the podcast but do go check out the new cold cut album It is absolutely fantastic he's on the track crystallize um which was also the b-side to their sing their single release from it as well and uh yeah it's it's a great album if i mean it's cold cut what more can i say on the front um but if you like your electronica hip-hop uh kind of style stuff um go check it out honestly it's it's great go back check out all their stuff uh it's all good um but yeah just sort of thanking everyone sort of catching up over the last couple of weeks um, took a bit of a stock of what was going on I had to sort of step away from a few things including doing my sort of podcast on a regular basis which I was kind of going to do anyway but I kind of fully stepped away from it um, just purely because it was becoming a heightened concentration area when I had to sort of get back to work mode and things like that so uh, now that that's kind of like I wouldn't say normalising but kind of getting on a steady rail um, I'm able to sort of get back to this and and DJ Random was the first one I did back from uh, the sort of Mini mini hiatus that I was, um, but talking of hiatuses, um, I did bring back crossing the streams in the meantime as well, uh, which is now back on Total Rock and the mix in the US. They've they've had me back, uh, so it's airing here on Sundays at six pm um, on Total Rock, and also if you're in the states and in my stateside friends, uh, is airs on um the mix.fm 11 o'clock on saturday nights that's eastern time as well so um something to look forward to there you guys are into the sort of mixy stuff that i do um then that is coming back or that is back but if you miss it for whatever reason my mix cloud will help you out in that situation so uh the show i've got coming up or I've just had was with um, Tasman Taylor and savvy we did a back to back episode and the next though or the current one uh, is with Dan Warsaw and uh, yeah that's that's gonna be on Total rock on the um, what day is it today it's Friday the 17th so it's going to be on the 19th on Sunday the first airing of it and then next week it's going to be on the um, the old US station which is uh absolutely cracking so uh, looking for like gonna, looking to do a lot more sort back to back episodes because I'm finding them uh, quite a lot of fun so I uh, hope you got Guys are enjoying them, if you haven't checked them out yet do check them out uh, it's great to have like uh, multiple djs doing that kind of like all rock mix type stuff or i call it a bass and metal show i think i've just simplified it down to that which kind of uh kind of gives me that that the ambiguity with it as well with mashups and stuff like that so that's all good but yeah apart from that i just want to thank everyone for downloading uh touching base during the time i was kind of like off air if you will um it's been greatly appreciated on twitter and whatnot uh there are some nice things that can come from twitter thankfully so (laughs) um that was one of them um but yeah uh without much further ado i bring you dj random and uh yeah enjoy like to welcome to my show today i have dj random welcome
1: thank you welcome to, welcome to you to my <laughs> strange little world
0: you're strange. <laughs> how are you doing today <laughs> man
1: I'm good. I'm good, bearing up under this t- weirdness and strangeness. Uh, today, I should actually be at the her Festival, uh, which has been cancelled. So, oh. luckily, I'm here to do this interview for you.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's all. Well, it's all. I say it's all good. I know it's not all good. <laughs> 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 I, know, I know where I'd rather be, but you know. Yeah. Um, tell me about it. On well, that front. it but
1: it's good. At, at least you know, keeping busy, keeping in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and we'll we'll get onto some of those bits you've been keeping busy with as well. Uh, cuz there's yeah. some really cool moments in there so um but what i want to do first what I do cuz i got am running these dj specials uh, of uh-huh. my podcast cuz normally i'm i'm interviewing like heavy metal musicians Mm-hmm. and whatnot so um i wanted to go into my sort of other passion which is djing um yeah and all that and I, i've i've obviously been asking djs including yourself um mm-hmm. to come on and um, basically what i want to kind of go with is is just sort of like your origin story so you know uh how you got into this sort of style of djing because uh, it's predominantly scratch hip-hop DJ yeah. um on that yeah. side and um yeah i just want to kind of get your origin story on that and just sort of like go from there
1: well, I was a, let's think, I was, uh, I was I've been listening to hip hop since I was about 11. And uh, my brother was a B boy. I used to knock around with a lot of B boys and graffiti writers. And uh, one day I was, I was listening to, I think it was uh, one of the crucial electros. And I heard uh, breaking in space. Ooh, cool. And I heard the, the scratching in that. And I was like, fucking hell, what is that noise? You know, how how can I do that? And I was, I was obsessed with it. And then um, I kind of inherited, like, a, a, a Garrard turntable, quite a nice amp, rotary amp. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just t- started messing around one day, scratching. So I started scratching. I didn't have, like, two turntables. I didn't you know, want to be a DJ. I just wanted to make that noise. Yeah. So I just – then, I mean, you got to remember at that time there was no internet. It was very, very little to see on TV or in magazines. We kind of had to – you know, just look out for like things like Beat Street. You, you see DJs and film, and I realized they were using two turntables, and then they realized they'd be using two turntables and two of the same record. Yeah. And then to get some of the noises they'd be using a crossfader on a mixer, and it was just like, yes, you know what? I'm dumping that fucking BMX, and I'm <laughs> going to be a Scratch DJ. So I was about 14 by the time I started uh, learning to scratch. Nice. Uh, by the time we looked at, let's think, uh, about 1986, I'd sussed out exactly what I had to do. So I had two like hi-fi turntables, yeah, and then I got my first uh, realistic mixer. I think every every fucking DJ on the planet at that time had one of them. It was the only budget mixer you get with a crossfader. Yeah, yeah, so your one in Yeah, well, I've tanned, yeah, it, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've <laughs> still got one indoors. Fucking thing with that annoying click in the middle of the fader. Yes, Jeez, yes, of didn't even realise until about two years ago, I had to get rid of that. So, yeah, I, I never got rid of it in the end.
0: <laughs> uh, so I, mean, I used to have one of those as well. I had the big, like, uh, it was like a four-channel one with two crossfaders. Uh, uh, so, oh, I know,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah green graphics on it, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, green graphics on it. It was like, because my, my brother had a, um, a mobile DJ business. And wow. I used to help him out when I was younger. And wow. as I got more and more into DJing, I started, like, wanting bits and bobs. So that was, like, one of yeah. the first sort of, like, mix, like, you know mixers that i had um but yeah i remember it very well with the old uh eqs on it the five channel yeah EQs and,
1: yeah and T- tandy was a godsend to you know to people like us that didn't really have the money or the access to like to like disco shots you know everything yeah. we needed we could get in like cheap car i mean i used to go to my local tandy every week and just blatantly steal loads of cartridges needles and then you know it's uh canned air WD40 everything I yeah it was um, I loved that shop it was great every Saturday morning fill my pockets up get out it was great great Yeah. (laughs) and
0: now they don't exist
1: (laughs) no they don't I was heartbroken when they went down I was like man what am I going to do now I have to start entering DJ competitions to win equipment because I couldn't be bothered to pay for it (laughs) (laughs) so by the time I got to like 86 87 Mm. I'd got my first mixer. I could cut beats, I could cut breaks. I was starting to get work at parties. Like friends would have parties, I would turn up and DJ there. And then uh, my my first gig, I think, was a year I left school, 1987, with uh, DJ Prone. Funnily enough, and I played in Reading at the After Dark Club. Oh wow! And. uh, All I did was, they said, I went in there, I was uh, was like, you know, 16, wasn't even old enough to get in. (laughs) I was absolutely terrified. There was like a couple of other good DJs in there, and they said to me, right, off you go then. So all I did was go on, and just, uh, I just cut breaks. I distinctly remember cutting two copies of uh, Hot Wheels, which is on the Gordon's War soundtrack. And the place just went absolutely crazy. People like people kicking tables over, bouncing off the walls. I was like, wow, man, fucking <laughs> this is great. At the end of the night, I got paid. I, I couldn't nice. believe it. Got 50 quid in my hand. It was like, I said to Prone, I said, what's that for? He said, asked for DJing tonight. I said, what do you mean? He said, there, yeah, that's what you're getting paid. I was like, shit. So <laughs> I was kind of chuffed. So from then on, I was, uh, I was doing quite a lot of parties, quite a lot of just like turning up at people's places and playing. Mm. I was also going to London pretty much every week, digging for digging for breaks, yeah. like religiously. Uh, I would spend every penny I had just on breaks. The BMX had been binned, kind <laughs> of stopped writing. It was just all about all about records. And then in about uh, eighty eight. I was given a residency at an under-18s in Bracknell, which was at the Cellar Bar. Yeah, I think you've played there, haven't you? I have, yeah. Yep. Southall Park, yeah. Yep. And uh, around about this point as well, I'd hooked up with a guy that just opened a record shop in my town called Time Warp. His name was Bill Shannon. Yep. And uh, he became like, kind of someone of a mentor to me uh, for for breaks. He would regularly go to Chicago and and all other places in the States and come back with crates and crates of of breaks that... You know, I didn't even know the names of them. It was really difficult to find the names. That everyone was keeping it quiet, and he yeah. would just pull out like boxes of records of these things that we'd only ever, you know, ever heard about or heard on tapes from, you know, Zulu Nation parties or on uh, Kiss. You know, it was mm. it was crazy. So he was he was a kind of mentoring me, and I was like getting up to speed. Then I got my residency, and then. um I really wanted to I'd just seen the DMC championships. I think I think it was eighty seven I first saw. On um like cable T V or something. I was like, man, that's what I wanna do. Nice. So um in eighty eight I went to uh the World Championships which was at the Albert Hall that year and yeah. it was just fucking incredible to stand in that place and see like you know, the best DJs in the world. And it was yeah. just fucking madness like Cash Money won it you know it's kind of crazy to see that mm. Public Enemy were on stage James Brown was on stage it was just madness one thing I, I still remember standing next to my boy it was we are kind of had a DJ crew then it was me uh, DJ Note and DJ Chaos he's called G now mm. and uh I looked at him, I said, Oh man, some of these DJs are just shit. Like, <laughs> he started laughing. I said, Man, how the fucking hell do they get on this stage? I said, Tell you what, I said, this time next year, I'm going to be in this. All right. He was just like, Yeah, all right then. <laughs> so for the next few months, I kind of geared up to get in the competition, to enter the DMC competition. Yeah. And, uh, at that time, it weren't as easy as it was now. First of all, you had to be <clears> over <throat> 18. Yep. I was actually 17. You had to have a residency in a club, and you couldn't just enter yourself. The, the manager of the club where you had your residency had to enter you into that competition. mm so we came up with this really complicated system where, um, where i started doing this at under 18s, so I had two guys running it and they ended up saying, like, We'll be your managers. I was like, Okay. So we invented the club night. They got the DMC form, filled it all in. It turns out I got accepted. <laughs> and then, um, Luckily, the heat that came up that I was in, which was going to be, I think it was Swansea, yeah, Swansea. So this is like January 1989, and it was a week after my 18th birthday, so I'd just cleared the legalities of it. And uh, I'd also got my first set of 1210s a week before I entered DMC, so I had a week to get used to using them. I'd already worked on the routine. The routine was was sorted. Um, I just had to get used to using 1210s, so I I went to Swansea and uh, won it. Oh, nice. got that jacket yeah got the jacket and then um, yeah it was just downhill from then on really <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time to be around because um, one of the reasons I entered Swansea is that there was you know there was no way I was going to enter London you were going to end up against people like one of Cutmaster Swift Pogo yeah. Jay or business, and those boys. You really didn't want to be in a competition with them because you were just gonna get laced. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. would get ripped to pieces. And when the first year I won at Swansea, I had to get. You then had to go into like you. You win the heat, so I've got the, the jacket. I'm now a DMC champion. But then you have to go into a regional heat. All right, and it's the first, the first and second places of that would then go into the UK final. So you're effectively doing, you know, two competitions before you even get a sniff yeah. of being, you know, on the on the UK stage. So I got to my um, my regional, which was at Chippenham uh, Gold Dealers, quite a famous old club, yeah. and. uh I walked in, and there was DJ Business and uh, DJ Jay. I was absolutely mm-hmm. fucking heartbroken. I was just like, yeah, this is fucked, isn't it? <laughs> Before, you know, just enjoy the experience. And there, was, there must have been, I don't know, a thousand people, maybe more in there. I was absolutely terrified. And um, to watch Business and Jay, they were incredible. You know, they took, they took the one-two. They were straight into the UK five. They were just... I was watching them like shit. Mm. I need to be like that. So, I, you know, I came back from that, got further than I ever had wanted to go. I only wanted the coat. The only reason I did that competition was for that coat.
0: Yeah,
1: I had to have <laughs> one of those DMC champions jackets. And then I spent the, the next year um, doing my residency, playing a lot in London, uh, knocked around a lot with uh, some of the people that ran Vivian Westwood's shop up, up on the King's Road. Mm. So a lot of their their party people. We, there was a gang of us knocking around with them. So I was, I was playing gigs for them, and I came back in uh, 1990. Went back to Wales again, <clears throat> won it again, got another jacket, <laughs> got into my um, uh, regional final again, and uh, DJ Reckless was in there. I think he. Where did he win? I think it's Southampton or something. Mm-hmm. And then uh, me and him took the one-two on that. Nice. There was a very young prime cut in that competition at that time. He he came third, I believe. Um, yeah, he was the only dude in that competition that scared me, and I didn't even realise. To so a few years back, he was actually like a good good year or two younger than me, and he was dope. And I watched him during the day, and I was like, yeah, that's the kid to watch. I didn't give a fuck about reckless, but. Um, yeah so me and me and reckless took the one two and then uh, i was in my first my first u k finals in nineteen ninety it was um yeah pretty amazing the the lineup to be with people like pogo was a defending champion mm. um business was on after me d j tricks who was the current european champion was before me you had sparrow um fast hit. yeah that lineup was just it was a good year for for hip hop DJing, I think so. It yeah. was good to be a part of that. And then ninety one went back to try and get the uh, get the third place. By this point, I'd um one hundred percent disappeared up my own ass. I was a <laughs> ar- arrogant prick. Do you know what I mean? I was horrible. Yeah. And uh, I had a bit of a nightmare in that. And I just sort of uh, d- disappeared for a couple of years. Did some alternative stuff for legal parties. Um, yeah, just dropped dropped out to reassess and yeah, get my shit together basically. It was a uh, yeah dark times yeah but you know I got through it got my shit together came back in '95 and then uh, I was in the UK finals in '96 again once again with Cutmaster Swift Prime Cuts uh, Def K um, who else was in there JP yeah that was another like stellar yeah. UK lineup it was it was a good one and um, yeah I've never looked back since then really I've been real busy since then.
0: That's really cool. I mean, like, some of the names you're throwing out there, I mean, I had, we had Cutmaster Swift on, on, on this podcast not long ago, and sort of, like, actually speaking to him was one of my, like, Big moments, it like, when I've Well, done I'll
1: tell you something, like- right? The, the, the Johnny, is he is the consummate gentleman, yeah. and he is a high-end geek, right? Him and Pogo used to be my heroes when I was like 16, 17. I used to see him DJ. i seen him DJ in Battersea Park. Mm. I've seen him DJ in the middle of Frimley, because uh, B-Boy, I know, got him up there. You know, it's crazy. i see seen him on the Cookie Crew tour. And then in 1990, um, I... I, I, was, I kept saying to DMC I want to enter the, the European Championships. They so said, you can't enter it. You have to come first or second in your country to do it. And then about a month before the heat started, I had a phone call from John Saunderson, who was the general manager at DMC. He said, Random, how do you want to go to the European Championships? And I was like, what? He said, yeah, we're going to put you in as a wild card. Oh, he goes, are you up for it? I went, fucking yeah. <laughs> so he said, i gave give you more details. They, they booked all the flights. Now, they sent me the itinerary. And he goes, I'm going to give you Pogo's number because you're going out there with him, right? And I was just like, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So he gave me his number. It took me about two days to phone him up, right? And, right. Uh, you know, after that, me and Pogo got on really well. I got on really well with, with Cutmaster Swift and business. And, yeah. And it, it, Pogo, business, Swift ended up kind of being like my older brothers, you know, from then nice right up till now you know it's, it's, they taught me a lot they you know, used to um i wouldn't say, i wouldn't say they mentored me but they definitely coached me through the finer parts of business and more importantly turntablism you know they showed me a lot of stuff that no one had seen um i used to practice with them on occasion or if i would go out with pogo and he'd be in the bath and he'd say oh yeah random listen to this and it'd be a tape of him and uh, and swift practicing no one's ever heard any of those tapes i tell you that now but trust me there is stuff on those tapes that will just fuck people up even now so (laughs) you know to end up going from you know the the out of town kid to knocking around with some of the biggest names in the business was a massive bonus and like i said cutmaster swift is he is the man we've had him on the full clip show steel devils full clip show a couple of times and uh you know he's still one of the only people where he starts his set and you've got four or five of us just in absolute silence for the entire set. Yeah. That boy is naughty, you know. And yeah, he's a real nice dude as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that was the great thing about it because I was like, uh, it was a couple of years ago. I went to. I mean, I've I've already regaled this tale on on the other shows with them, but um, they did uh, BPM, which was the like DJ. oh time yeah, yeah. In yeah. Was that the
1: one where you're Birmingham? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, when they it was in the big like um, arena. Um, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, they, they, obviously DMC have a stand at these things and Cutmaster's always there. Um, yeah, it was yeah. him and DJ Rasp. Um, they were doing like a, you know. Um, I like Rasp.
1: I, I, yeah. I know like Rasp well. I'll get on with him.
0: And they were, they were doing like a, you know, a Q&A type thing and a little like yeah. weird dome thing. With it. And they like invited people up onto the turntables and mm. I, I just randomly stuck my hand up. I hadn't like touched a turntable at that point in about seven years. Um, wow. And got up there and just started like cutting with them and stuff. And it was just like one of those moments where I'm, I'm definitely getting back into this. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And you know, so, if you're going to need inspiration, then there's your inspiration right there to be cutting with a world
0: champion
1: yeah uh, a uk supremacy champion as well yeah. Man, it ain't gonna get much better than like that to, to to get a foot up your ass is it no to- <laughs> no i mean
0: to- totally that i mean i dug out my like at that point um because i just moved back to england and I dug, uh-huh. I dug out my technics. i've got a set of technics sat right next to me right now and uh, <laughs> and and yeah i just i hadn't looked back since then i mean i just sort of like just started like just like breaking out my old records and and it Good. was just it was just from that inspiration from chatting to them even afterwards um yeah. and just having a chat about it and it's like i just get you no know, just do you know just get back into it and really like supportive um uh-huh. you know because it was like i was like oh you know i feel a bit too old because you're never too old mate just do it i mean look at us in that nah. rasp like great yeah, and like look at johnny, johnny. Johnny's, johnny's
1: 157 yeah exactly
0: exactly
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's going to kill me for that. That's but yeah, you know, <laughs> he, he cut... When I watch him cut now, um, th- this year is the 10th anniversary of the Steel Devil's full clip show. So I'd, I'd roped in loads of people to, for guests every show. Yeah. And Johnny was going to be one of the third or fourth. And uh, then all this fucking corona shit happened. Yeah. And uh, we couldn't do it. But when you watch him cut he cuts like an 18 year old you know he's, he's as fast as he ever has been he's, he's got some real naughty pans you know? Yeah, it's an honour to be able to just to know people like them let alone cut with them do you know what I mean
0: yeah I mean that was a great thing because obviously DMC had their like stand and he was sat there on a set of turntables at the stand and it's yeah. just like me just standing there watching him like <sighs> some kind of fanboy
1: and, <laughs> and we do that man don't we we do that no, I'm glad, I'm glad in my I'm house
0: not, I was going to say I'm glad I'm not the only one I was just yeah, nah. oh, but it was, it was it was it's just one of those special moments because I've always watched him on the old uh, DC uh, DMC videos yeah, uh, yeah I've got like you know the summit I've got like stuff all on video dvd uh all bought yeah. from dance Two. actually you know dance Two. Yeah, um, yeah, like yeah back in the day when it was next to Bose. and um, <laughs> um and yeah no I've, I've still got those videos i've still got those dvds uh from back yeah then. keep and, them uh, no i'm good history I'm not, yeah exactly They're
1: history important um, history as well
0: and just like having having like watching someone i used to watch on those watching like still like flex like he used to so he that has- man
1: yeah he's he's a demon he's a fucking demon yeah. trust me
0: just pulling off those moves he used to do, you know his arms everywhere backwards turn, whatever mm. he was doing um obviously like he, like when i spoke to him it was like he, he started as a b-boy so a lot of those moves obviously came from that so yeah um but no it's just it was just amazing to watch because like uh, as with a lot of things like as you get older some of those sort of like people from the past don't perform as much as they used to or don't perform like as they used to they kind of adapt and yeah all, you know. but it was well, one,
1: one thing about all of that like, they've always kept their hand in right they, yeah. you know they practice a lot you know they don't they won't let anyone get on top of them and you know if you're going to be a turntabler especially when you're doing battles one thing you need to be doing is just keeping your shit in. Do you know what I mean? Making sure that, you know, anyone comes near you, you've got enough to be able to to turn around and say, fuck off.
0: Yeah, no, (laughs) no, exactly. Because you don't want to be the one, oh, I beat, you know, whatever in a battle, Um, you know, some new kid coming in. But um, no, it's a a very competitive field. Because like back when I was younger... I was sort of like sort of drifting in and out of that sort of like competition side of things and yeah. I didn't I didn't stick with the competition. I ended up joining a, a, yeah. a metal band um as a scratch DJ and it kind of like yeah. took over. But um you know, it was just it was just that it was a very competitive thing and like going to sort of like into some of those heats and stuff. I think I did one down in Brighton and yeah. it was just like all these DJs watching you and it's quite intimidating. I it. Like I sure that hit.
1: shit like warfare. You yeah, know, I just I, I even it, I even had like you get during the day. I don't know if you remember this. You'd have a time to sound check, right? They give you two minutes to sound check, yeah. right? And the first year I was there, before I even went there, right, this is like 1989. I thought, right, I'm gonna invent a routine that looks like I'm sound checking, but I'm not, right? So one half of my brain is is actually sound checking, the other half is performing because I wanted to make sure that that compete that I shook everyone up mm. before that competition even fucking started. And I did that through the entire competition. I never told anyone about that. You know, yeah. I do now because I'm too old to do it. But <laughs> I was like, you know, I had I had sound check routines where it looks like I'm sound checking, but I ain't. I'm actually just saying, this is what you're fucking. This is what you boys are dealing with today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if that's what you're sound checking with as well, that's the thing. It's never. Yeah, you know, no. When you, thing, when, it,
1: when you start pulling the big guns out, that's when you start seeing people's faces just drop.
0: Yeah. <laughs> If that's what you're warming up with, oh, my God. Uh,
1: That's warfare, yeah. Yeah, no,
0: because I I went down there, like, solo. I didn't know anyone in Brighton. I didn't really know anyone in the scene, to be honest. Uh, It was just a kind of, like, thing. So I was was DJing. um, I had a residency, actually, at Bose. um, And I had, uh, I thought, what was the other place I used to go? It was another place in, I think, Guildford. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, though.
1: Um, yeah, I've probably played there. I would have thought. Yeah, no.
0: It's, um, <laughs> I, I, I still DJ in Guildford now. So like, I do, wicked, yeah. I do players, and actually, I do the star as well. Uh, yeah. Background of the star. So it's, I know star, yeah. Yeah, and it's um, you know, like you say, back then you had to be sort of like nominated and all that kind of stuff. So they put me yeah. in because I was sort of like, you know, doing stuff on various nights and just sort of showing off yeah. and like, oh, go on, then we'll do that. We got this thing through. I was like, okay, cool. Um, and yeah, no, I just, I just didn't really enjoy it like it was it was just one of those things i mean i didn't get through obviously but i just i like as far as that sort of like side of it goes the battle side of it i'm always kind of like is it something i want to do i don't know you know but the uh, thing
1: is you, you know you've tested it you've put your toes in the water That's yeah. always
0: a good. yeah there's never that sort of like i've always been an advocate of i'd rather i mean it wasn't regret doing it but i'd rather regret doing yeah. it than not um mm. you know what i mean so it's just sort of like you know it's like i take that into my life i moved to america for like five years and it, that wow. was that was kind of a spur of the moment thing as well. It was just like, yeah. let's do it, okay, let's do it, um, let's, let's up the family and go. Uh, but we came, we came back, you know. So um, and uh, you know, it's just stuff like that. And, and uh, I mean, I always like whenever I watch you guys like perform and stuff, I, I'm always in awe of like just obviously I know the competitive side of it, but keeping keeping, you know, keeping up with it all? Because obviously, you know, as with everything, I I was You know, as
1: it's exploded, right, it kind of nearly becomes a full-time job just keeping up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I've had to take a a lot of a step back now. One thing, another thing that I will do that for is because I want to maintain my own style. It's really easy to just start thinking I need to learn to do that and do that. And it's like, man, do I really need to learn to do that? No, I don't, because that ain't me, you know? I, I always keep my hand in, you know, I, I, I'm, I practice as much as I can, but I try to develop and sit back on my own style now. But yeah, trying to keep up with stuff. I mean, especially when there was like the renaissance in, in turn savers. So you're looking at between like 95 and about 2003, 2004. Yeah. It was hard work. It was really hard work, you know. And I mean, as as, as myself did, Jay Randall, and also with the Steel Devils, you know, we'd all done really well at that time. Really them well, We'd done, we done the DMC team championships in '99 and 2000, and uh, me and Jazz, uh, Jazz T, were you know we were really busy for five or six years after that, just flat out. You know, we were doing shows like Plaza, which is I think was what BPM yeah. ended up morphing into. Um, we did Plaza every year, and that you know that was crazy DJ day on a Sunday. You'd have the world's finest there, and you just be your brain would just be saturated with scratch patterns and videos, and it's yeah, you know, it's it's hard work to keep up. And now when you've got you've the internet has come into its own, it's everywhere, you know, yeah. it's everywhere. But the problem is with that is, I think especially with competitions in the last five to six years, you've got a lot a lot of DJs just playing catch up. There's not a massive amount of originality coming out people are just taking a certain technique or a certain scratch pattern and saying, I can do this as well. You know, and I've never been about that. I'll always try and advance it or push it further or come out with something. When people say, I don't get it. I'm kind of happy because 10 years down the line, they will get it. Yeah. Because it was so far advanced at the time that, you know, it's went above people's heads. Cutmaster Swift is really like that. The stuff that he has done and does people don't get because they don't understand what he's doing. His technicality is, you know, second to none. As a, as a pioneer in turntables, mm-hmm. he's a uh, forced de you, do you yeah. know what I mean? He yeah. is, even to this day, I would put him up there full stop. Yeah. There aren't many people in this scene that have had the balls to go over to New York and enter the new music, um, new music seminar competition and take on the Yanks. Him and, him and Pogo are two three years in a row, I think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> definitely definitely you know is it that yeah no definitely it's it's that is one thing i've noted i mean especially during lockdown um that yeah. a lot of like you know there, there's a lot of people live streaming i'm i'm guilty of that as well in some respects um <laughs> but it does expose certain things uh i've found yeah. um i've like uh you know i'm not gonna badmouth anyone you know i'm not gonna name names mm-hmm. but i've seen i've seen sort of fake scratch videos if you were oh gosh, yeah. i've seen um fake mix videos as well to be honest um yeah. and just stuff like that you know and it, it's just kind of like you know what's the point if if you know we've got this opportunity now where we are in lockdown you know mm-hmm. whether we like it or not why not yeah. actually do what you you know what you say you can do or why not yeah. actually learn it because you can go away for a couple of months and come back it's not going to make any difference no one's going to get i don't think anyone's going to get popular over this time
1: Nah this you know. is like I think for the entertainment industry, it's a massive reset coming yeah i mean i' I've, I've been slightly disadvantaged as soon as lockdown kicked in, I was without a set of turntables for three months, so ah. I had a lot of time to sit back and think, and it's only within the last month to five weeks that I've been catching up on the backlog of stuff that I do for people. I mean, I don't know if you've seen a lot of the, the promo videos I do for people, singles, like 45s and that. Yes. I had a yeah. backlog of that, so I'm just catching up with stuff with that. And then the, the cold cut thing come out as well, so I had to yeah. you know, step up for that. But, yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes a break is good. You know, it allows you to kick back and reassess and and let those people play themselves out you know let yeah. those people put their fake videos up because i guarantee this time next year <laughs> they ain't gonna be <laughs> fucking
0: around at all no i mean that's 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 kind of, you know that's kind of how i look at it it's it's like let them have that now because i i like i said i dabbled in the live side of things like doing live videos yeah. from my garage and yeah. and all that kind of stuff and i did a couple but i just don't get i don't get the buzz from it that I do like in a club or this is I've
1: never done a live stream and I probably won't because a lot of the thing about like my live sets that I do they're glorified practice sessions and I like people to sit there and have a piece of that as well. Yeah. If you truly want to see what I do, and I know it sounds a bit mercenary. Yeah. You book me, and then you get the full you get the full shebang. Yeah, but I'm not going to sit there and give everything away. I do on a live stream or a mixed cloud set. It's just not what I do. Yeah. And at the end of the day, once you've like you say, once you've given everything away, when someone comes to book you, you ain't got nothing to fall back on. You know, everyone's heard it, everyone's seen it. Yeah. So I always keep a little bit back for live performances because if someone's paying me then I have to go that extra distance. I have to earn that money, not yeah. just do what I'd done last week on some bullshit two-hour live stream that had three listeners and just got <laughs> cut off halfway through, and I couldn't even be bothered to plug it into my phone.
0: Yeah, and you get, you get the, old, the old Warner label come up and, uh, and say, uh, hang on, you're playing our shit. Uh, yeah, fuck that shit.
1: I was bad enough getting interrupted for a request, let alone getting interrupted by a fucking multinational company whinging about their fucking copyright. <laughs> fuck off.
0: Uh, exactly that. Exactly that. No, I just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to destroy it because a couple of my friends have done it and they, they, they're doing it on a regular basis, which is fine, but I don't see the value in free. Um, like nah. when, it, when it comes to that when I did my ones it was just sort of like a bunch of bootlegs and stuff that I never normally get a chance to play but yeah. you know it was just it, it was um, I just I, I just couldn't I, I couldn't keep that going you know and nah. I ended up doing podcasting instead which I had anyway but I sort of intensified it seems it. to be
1: going really well you've had some really good people on there I, have, I can't wait to check out uh, check out Swift's one actually yeah Swift's Swift
0: has been getting a good reaction from that because it is like a, a, it was like an autobiography and a podcast so,
1: yeah I remember mean, well, one <laughs> thing is as well he's been around for so long that it's just a wealth of experience and history and like you i mean he's he's also someone as well that uh, a lot of people probably won't know this but since day one he's been video recording virtually his entire life like every dmc competition all the backstage shit the new music seminar stuff like that you know stuff that people talk about but were never there or never got to see it Johnny's got the lot, you know. Yeah. One day, if he if he ever releases his his archives, man, there is just fucking years of stuff there. Yeah, real good stuff, you know, history making stuff. And fair play to him, you know. He, if you're gonna get an archive from someone, it has to be him.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I mean, he had the foresight to record it. That's the thing, you know. A lot of our stuff yeah. that we do early on, we're like, oh, you're lucky if someone turned up with a video camera to your gig. Yeah, I mean, I'm
1: still tracking down footage. I, I tracked down some footage from when I was I was at the DMC heat in Wales in 91. Mm-hmm. Someone just popped up out of the blue uh, this time last year and said, I've got the DVD. And, I mean, it's not the best quality, but I will be ripping that soon and putting that out. But oh. I was just like, I've spent you know nearly 30 years looking for that footage, and I've got it. And then someone else gave me the footage from uh, 1990, which is up, up on my YouTube channel. You know, <clears throat> I, was, I couldn't believe I'd actually got it. And they'd also got, at the time, I, was, um, I had two rappers. I had a full, full stage. I had two rappers, three dancers. And we went down in 1990. We got asked after I'd won the competition, you know, do you guys want to do a PA? We were like, yeah, all right. These guys had filmed that as well. And, you know, we, that night we got approached by uh, Bob Masters, who works for Sleeping Bag, mm. who was one of the judges, and said, I'd like a demo tape out of you guys. So we got really excited, and then Sleeping Bag records fucking folded about two weeks after. I was oh. gutted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sure fucking heartbroken.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, footage like that is just... Especially for me, because I didn't, you know, never had a camera with these things. I didn't have a, I didn't have a video recorder. For people to suddenly turn up and get it, it's, it is a moment in history, yeah. you know. And people can sit and say, "Oh yeah, it not all that." and It's like, man, it's thirty years ago. What the fuck were you doing thirty years ago? <laughs> didn't even know what your dick was for. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs>
0: Fucking people. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, so you, you've mentioned your your, your uh, DJ team, uh, the Steel Devils. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I know Jazz for many yeah. years. He's been yeah. uh, a sort of like, I say, a guru in, a, in as much as like, you know, yeah, always he's, guiding you, know, you know, to like he's, he's like. he's like my anchor
1: yeah. in the Steel Devils. He's, he's just, he is everything I need to know, end up stressing about. He's always got the answer for it. He yeah. He's definitely the man.
0: Definitely, he's he's uh, he's he's made a lot of money from me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, <laughs>
1: um, um, you and me both. I think, um,
0: and and I've bought every time I go in there. I can't leave that place without buying something. So same
1: as so every time, you know, in there, I'll try and buy something.
0: Um, but no, I was just like curious on the like, because I've, I've never done the sort of like the, the team thing. Obviously, I've watched it. I've seen. Yeah. Um, I've watched videos. Of executioners, visual, invisible, ah. uh, scratch pickles. Mm. Um, I can't remember any of the others. Um, yeah. I mean, like I, I've watched these like, team, how is that for you guys? And what's the kind of like um, mentality? Cause it's sort of like, I, I, when I talk to people or when I've seen like videos, they say it's much yeah. like a band, but you know. Yeah,
1: it does. I mean, the, the thing is when I first started to come through, I kind of had a DJ crew mm. and when I was doing my residency, so this is going back to like 88. Yeah. We would have four decks. And, uh, my mate, my, my mate DJG, he would cut up breaks. I would scratch over the top and then we'd swap so you know I really liked that I thought there was something special about that and then uh, over the years you know it never really happened i do it with a couple of people but it, ne- it never really became a thing until like sort of like I said about this renaissance thing that happened about sort of 95-ish and then by 97 um, the, the, the Scratch Pickles videos had come out the executioners were a thing the Bee junkies were a thing and I was like you know I want to get back to this this fucking this, this DJ crew thing so a guy had been knocking around with me since he was a kid, DJ Chud. Um, you know, I sounded him out about it. And I met Giallo uh, uh, Point, who was called DJ Dixie at the time. A friend of a um, – just a chance meeting when I was at work with someone said, oh, you need to meet my mate. So I brought him round and uh, had a cup with him and he was dope. I was like, okay, so I'm kind of building the team. And then we'd done um, – when there was a company called uh, Turntablist World or Scratchy K started up. Yeah. And uh, he done like a local night uh, near Bracknell, and um, Jazz T came down. Now I hadn't seen Jazz T since about 1990. We we used to battle on quite a lot. I'd come over to Guildford, we'd always be battling. He was like my nemesis, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then I was like, shit, you're still doing it? He's like, yeah, you're still doing it. I was like, yeah. I said, why don't you come around my house one night for a cut? He's like, yeah, all right. So he's come round, and I said, right, I said, I want to, I want to make a DJ team. Uh, we all introduced each other so we've got four people at this point and uh then the dmc said in 99 we got a, <clears throat> a dmc teams competition which they kind of tried in, in 95 or actually a bit earlier i think 92 93 or something and then never really never really took off so um yeah we ended in 99 got, got our shit together and uh, that was a <laughs> fucking incredible competition uh yeah, the Scratch Perverts for their first outing, the Enforcers, yeah. which was Pogo Business and Cutmaster and Swift. So, yeah, it was fucking madness. But it doesn't work like a band. And I tried to gear it to work like a band. So, you know, one of us would be the drummer. Other guys would do the vocals. And, you know, throughout that six minutes, we could swap around and, you know, just make it, make it so it looks like DJs, but it isn't DJs. So I, my whole thing with like DJ teams was to try and make it like a cut and paste thing, but a little bit more technical. So yeah. rather than just each people, each person cutting a record, you would have someone beat chopping and someone cutting over the top. And then one of us doing a line. So that for me, I and mean, we kind of stuck to that formula mm. and it is like being in a band. I've played in several bands. I've played in a heavy metal band as well, which was, I'm sure it's giving me tinnitus.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I played in a, a fun band as well. Uh, Don Pirano, we were quite big sort of around Surrey and into London uh, from about I think uh, 2000ish into about 2009 so nice. as a, as a scratch DJ playing in a band th- there is no finer education on this planet on how to understand music when you when you're playing with yeah. proper musicians right and I was really like Whenever I speak to musicians, they can do that. Oh, yeah, you're a DJ. And they think, like, you know, <laughs> you just play Beatles records. And i would be like, man, you need to fuck off. I do shit differently. Yeah. So I went to the first rehearsal with, um, with Don Piranha. You know, I was fucking terrified. And, uh, yeah, it worked really well. Next night, literally the next night, went up to a band on the wall in Manchester, which is quite a big venue. Yeah. And uh, we smashed that fucking place out of the water. And I spent, you know, the next seven or eight years with them, and it was a, a massive, massive education. You know, you
0: yeah.
1: when you come back from, say, playing a summer's worth of gigs with some real tight musicians at quite big events, like festivals and, you know, real good clubs with real good people, when you come back just to scratch over records or, you know you have got something there that all those other DJs haven't got. Because, yes. you know, a lot of them, don't understand music. All they understand is a 4-4 four, four beat, scratch over the top for 16 bars. And after that, they're lost. Whereas, you know, you will know yourself, when you play with a band, you can't be doing that shit. You have to let your patterns breathe. Yes. They have to have space for other people. You have to consider other instruments. You have to – there's so many other things that you have to think of Rather than that drum machine beat you've got on the other turntable, that it's you know, it put I think it puts you head and shoulders above any other DJ. Yeah. You know, if you're if anyone out there's listening and you want to be a proper turntablist or a scratch DJ Get yourself in a fucking band or go and rehearse with musicians because that shit teaches you some next level skills. Yeah. End of.
0: No, totally, totally. And uh, the same sort of time frame as you in that band, I was in that mm. metal band, uh, playing out of Surrey as well. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably on the, on the same gig circuit. Then I would have but thought. most
0: li- most likely. I do recognise the name, so we may have. Uh, yeah. I don't know if we've played in the same like festival or same like you know. Uh,
1: could could well have done. I'll, t- I'll be honest. A lot of those times, have got hazy as well. Yes, as yeah, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a hazy time for me too. So. <laughs> but, um, no, I definitely recognise the name because obviously out of this sort of area, I was based over in Farnham for the first part of you know of all. Oh, well, funny
1: enough, we well, I've done a couple of parties over there, and with the band, we done the uh, was it the Arts University yeah. there? Yeah, done a couple of real big gigs there as well. So yeah, you might, may or well have been on the same, but or even in the same venue. I would have yeah,
0: thought. yeah, no, definitely. And and, it's, it, and you're right about the sort of what it can teach you because it's like, you know, as much as like scratching over a a sort of like just a general beat and then you've got these like living, breathing drum machine in the musician. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, it's just just one of those things where you just, it's something you can't teach because you do have to make considerations for the guitars. Exactly. Vocals, you know especially in the metal band, it's, a, it's, you know, you can make a lot of noise, but it's, it's got to be structured noise. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, it, it isn't just fucking p- playing 180 BPMs worth of, of fresh guitar. This, it's, it isn't. It's just different to say, but yeah. it, it's different. That's all. You yeah. know, it's, it doesn't make it any better or worse. It's just different, but you do have to have those same considerations that you've got four, five, six people in the band and you all need to work together to get that to work. You know, regardless of what genre it is.
0: No, exactly. It's that, exactly that. And uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it will take, you will teach, teach a lot of DJs, you know, at least yeah. how music works. Learn how music works.
1: Yeah, for Christ's sake, please. Yeah. There are not 18 bars. <laughs> just scratching for 18 bars and losing six is just not, not the fucking thing yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starting on the three beat rather than the one or the two is still not a good thing. It just makes me feel angry and sick. <laughs> 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 fucking people. Check me out. i do it all on Yeah, he just started it. i bar pray for a bar, mate. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Just get um, it on point or fuck off. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, can we uh, like, just talk about your style of DJing as well? Like the, yeah. the way you have your deck set up? Because you have it kind of an un- yeah. unorthodox style, uh, I think they call yeah, it. Yeah,
1: Philly, Philly Battle Style. You know, Philly Battle uh, Style,
0: that's the name of it. I was trying to yeah. think of the name of it, and I couldn't, I couldn't remember yeah. what it was. Um, but what, what was the sort of, like, um, obviously, you, is that how you learned to do it? Or did you have yeah, the yeah, sort yeah. of, like,
1: you know? Well, I, got, uh, I got, before I had a mixer, I got, I managed to work out I'd need to have two turntables. So I got two ter- hi-fi turntables the same. yeah. And all the, all the faders were on the left. And now I'm right handed. Yeah. Right. So I don't know how the fuck it happened, but I ended up just using my left hand for fader business. So when I got my first mixer, it just felt natural for me to just put the decks on the side. Yeah. I thought, yeah, it's, quick, you know, it's quicker. Yeah. You know, I, got, I ain't got to worry about changing the way I use my hand. And I've been like that ever since. You know, I can, I can rock it with a mixer in the middle. It's. it's I, I can't juggle as tightly. But you know, if I have to do it I will. It doesn't bother me, but mm. you know, for for preference it's always going to be set up like that because it's just it's the way I do it. There are advantages to it, but there are lots of disadvantages to it. Beat juggling especially. Yeah. But um uh fuck anyone else. I I will give always I'll give anyone a race for a run for their fucking money. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I don't care.
0: No, I mean because I, I looked at that style and <laughs> it's it sort of like it, it play it would play towards, say, my strengths when it comes to that sort of style of DJing yeah. because I'm like, yeah, I'm right-handed and left-hand is mainly faders. Yeah. Um, and I, I sort of, I stuck that way. Cause when I was in that band, it was one turntable, a mixer and a sampler and I yeah. just had the one yeah. turntable yeah. and I was scratching away on that. So I'm, I'm just like muscle memory is constantly that. Um, yeah. but I've, yeah. I've deliberately tried to like have the mixer in the middle, and, and, yeah. and like, and sort of like taking it back up again, um, and just sort of having it that way. But I was so te- whenever I watch your videos, I'm like, I, I could that would probably play so well to advantage, you know. And I've just never changed like it. Like I said, <laughs>
1: there's advantages and disadvantages, but yeah. I mean, maybe try it one day, see what you think. At the end of the day, I mean, I, I got into a thing with Rob Swift about this, saying that, um, you know, if you can't use both hands or, you know, you're not using both table turntables so you're not a turntavist. And I just, you know, I took on bridge at that. Basically told him to fuck off. <laughs> uh, it's just a crock of shit. So I said to him, you know, so Primo, he's not a turntablist so or a scratch DJ, DJ Chief, Grandma's was rushing, all those Philly cats, all, all those people are just written off. No, oh, man, that's bollocks, mm. right? If you can cut within the parameters of being a turntablist and you're not just some, you know, whack hip-hop DJ, no, it don't matter how you got your deck set up. Or, you know, I, I can use both hands. I choose not to. There's a fucking difference there. Yeah. It's not can't, I choose not to. You know, if I wanted to use my left hand and my right hand switched, I would. But this is the way I like to do it. This is my style. This is how I'm going to do it. I don't need someone telling me I'm wrong.
0: Mm.
1: Fuck off, I don't give a shit.
0: No. Fair <laughs> play, fair play. <laughs> cool, so um, let's bring it up to, because we mentioned it earlier, uh, what, you, you, what you've been up to during the lockdown. And, and one of the big things yeah. was the, the cold cut EP. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And you worked on the track uh, Crystallise.
1: That's right. Yeah, oh. it was uh, about eighteen months ago. I was, I was, I was. I've been talking to Colcott on and off. I've uh, been like yeah, heroes of mine since I was a kid, mm. and uh he approached me about eighteen months ago and said, "Would you like to do some scratching for a project we we're working on?" And I was just like, "Fucking hell!" Sorry, <laughs> yeah, all right then. <laughs> so he gave me his give me his phone number, like Jonathan Moore, and. I had to get real drunk before I phoned him up. I was absolutely terrified, made an absolute prick of myself. (laughs) 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 Oh, hello, you're really amazing. I was just like kicking myself. But anyway, we we got the details sorted out. He sent me the stems, I'd done the cuts. And um, yeah, I had to keep my mouth shut for about 18 months. That was real hard work. It was only close friends I told about it. Yeah. And then uh, the machine started ramping up about six weeks back. They released the first single, which was Future Toy Toy on the A side Mm. and a hip hop mix of Crystallize on the B side. And, uh, you know, my cuts are on now. I couldn't couldn't fucking believe it. And then they sent me the album about three weeks before the release date so I could hear the, the proper LP version of Crystallize. And, yeah, I was just stunned what they'd done with it. It sounded amazing. And they did, the, the entire album is just, you know, a beautiful piece of work considering yes. how it was made, the, the the difficulty in having to go to South Africa, the, you know, the, how it was recorded. And, yeah, it was just it's a fucking massively beautiful piece of work. Really, really proud to... Um, to have been a part of it. You know, it's just like one of those things you felt, yeah, bucket list done.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. It's, I mean, it's a great album. I mean, I, yeah. like when I messaged you last week, I did, I went, but it was on my list and it came up, um, not long after that actually. And yeah. I've, I've had it on pretty much repeat along with a couple of other albums, but. Oh man. Yeah. Um, I haven't
1: got bored of it yet. I haven't got bored. I'm going to do some more videos, uh, when I'm back in the turntable room next week. Yeah. Uh, the, the beats are just incredible. The, you know, Tony Allen drumming on there for fuck's sake. Yeah incredible no yeah.
0: it's, it's amazing and I, I I implore anyone to go out and listen to it i'm, I'm actually gonna 100 go, i'm actually I'm, i am actually gonna physically buy it um because it's one because i've had it on so much i'm like yeah this is an album i can own And I know it will get played. (laughs) So it's
1: got it's got a lovely picture of me on the inside cover, and it's got my name on the inside of the record as well, which is uh, quite amusing. It's the stupidest picture I think I've ever sent anyone. And uh, when I saw it in the New York Times uh, (laughs) the the day it came out, I was just like, "Fucking!" I didn't really think about that picture tonight. But you know, I I do stand out on the cover. And if uh, (laughs) if you want to make sure you notice, then do a stupid picture, (laughs) basically.
0: That's exactly what you got to (laughs) do. Yeah. <laughs> so i mean where, where are you sort of going from here obviously we are still kind of like limited in what djs can do right now um and yeah. as much as like clubs and 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 whatnot but what what sort of plans do you have kind of tentatively set for the rest of this year if you have any at all
1: DJs yeah, or... well I, I've, I've took a booking <laughs> unbelievably for a jazz festival in russia oh. at the end of august but i'm fairly convinced that the way things are going to go uh it's not going to happen. I'm not... I mean, my last gig was end of February for uh, DJ One of a Kind, who's another one of the Steel Devils, uh, for his birthday party. And that was me, Jazz T, One of a Kind, uh, Arrow, uh, Mr. Thing, Format, and Rob Life. Great gig. Really good gig to end the year up before this happened. But I, I can't see myself playing out before the end of the year. So, I mean, I'm quite lucky that a lot of the new 45s that come out I've got you know like a, a family of people that send me all their stuff as soon as it gets released. Yeah. I'm quite happy to do videos for that. Um, I will obviously I mean I need to get some stuff up back up on Mixcloud so maybe I'll start doing my own fresh mess show broadcast again. Uh, maybe try and get, hopefully if the lockdown lifts a little, I can probably get a full clip, a full clip show together as, it, as it's our anniversary. But <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm just a bit, I've got, I've got cuts to do for people. Um, yeah, I mean, quietly busy doing the stuff that DJs aren't really known for you know a lot of recording work yeah. promo videos stuff like that so quietly busy it's not like i'm i'm panicking i've got nothing to do I've, I've got a backlog of shit to work through but yeah i'm quietly busy it'd be lovely to get back to playing again but the way things are i just can't can't really see that happening until you know early next year maybe
0: yeah no definitely i'm just thankful i've got a radio show really to be honest I yeah like it's one of those things it's just a great outlet um, yeah, and, and you can yeah it's, that, yeah. it's one of those sort of options where you can play kind of whatever you want. You're not reliant yeah, yeah. on reading a exactly. or anything.
1: Yeah, um, you're not, you're not you're restricted by a playlist or yeah. people harassing you for requests So yeah, it's always nice to have something like that. Just keep going because, like I said, you can use that as as also an informal live practice session. That's which is exactly always what important I do to keep, to keep your hand in. Yeah,
0: yeah, because that's that's exactly because it just sort of keeps my head in the sort of like mixing frame. Because I know if I spend yeah. too much time away from it. Um, I like go to like play a live show and my mixes and blends and whatnot are terrible. Um, yeah. Like I'm not paying attention <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah,
1: I hear that. Yeah.
0: But like a lot with a lot of new music that's come out during this lockdown as well, which has been absolutely brilliant. I've actually had time to listen. Oh have man, fully have we? I'd like we've
1: had a better time for. You know, for, for, for new music, especially within hip-hop, but, you know, every day there is something fucking dope coming out. So, yeah. you know, uh, on the flip side of this lockdown, it's been great for creatives, I think, to, you know, reassess and maybe do things that they've not really had the time to do because they're constantly playing out or, the you know, they're doing other things. So, yeah, it's, it's been good for that, real good for that.
0: Yeah, I found it's been really good, like, creativity-wise for mm. them as well because it's a lot of – mm. it's the best time to release something that's not familiar. Yeah, like, um, because people are kind of a captive audience to the CD or to the whatever release,
1: exactly. And exactly, um, they
0: you can then you can actually express yourself in different ways. You don't have to stick to, especially when it comes to sort of like a bit more mainstream artists, where they tend to keep a certain sound or a certain formula to their music,
1: <laughs> because they have to, don't they? Yeah. But now you know they don't have to do that, and they the gloves are off. They can do whatever the fuck they
0: want, exactly. <laughs> and they can actually like evolve a little bit, which I think is what is going to come out of this sort of lockdown on the creative side. A lot of artists will evolve to hopefully, you know, be like where they want to be. Yeah. I know a lot. Yeah. Well,
1: fingers crossed. Like I said, I think it's, I think it's almost like a reset throughout the entire entertainment industry. Maybe not the visual ones, but definitely through, through music and, you know, and art as well, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, i've got a couple of questions left for you and i can let you get on okay. the rest of your evening if that's all right um, that's absolutely fine by me awesome uh well i've got my sort of uh my these are my standard kind of like finishes if you will um yeah. these are these are the ones that i always ask everyone so it's um yeah. but what i want to find out are your three top albums that oh, have really not, <laughs> uh, the ones that have like really kind of like influenced like yeah. made you wanna like you already mentioned one of them earlier with uh, breaking in space, yeah. uh, the one that made you wanna sort of like get on the turntables, the one that sort of got you into hip hop, the one that got you into music generally or anything like that. Those sort right. of like if you've got any pinnacle sort of albums that kind of follow in that pattern. Uh, right. those three three top
1: LPs. Okay, yeah. let's think. All right, so right first one will be the Drop the Bomb LP by Trouble Funk because it had pumped me up on it, and that was the first record that i started scratching with cool and also through having that record i've i had this lifelong love affair with go go and that's how I got into go go so definitely pump me up uh number two my albums 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 let's think I would say uh, public enemy cool takes the nation of millions uh no, Yo bum rush the show. Actually, okay. Uh, when I first heard uh, Public Enemy number one, fucking hell, that just blew me away. Mm. The whole of the, the you know the the production on that LP, including the cuts, the general sound was just loud, raw. There was nothing polished about it. Right, those beats were distorted. Yeah, you know, it was a real different way of of laying drum tracks for hip-hop it was just it was almost like punk mm. do you know what i mean it yeah. was a raucous rowdy album it had a real serious message to it and when you know i was 16 17 when i had uh, bunked off school for the last lesson run up to uh, up to our price got it in listen to it and i listened to it back to back about three times i could not fucking believe it so definitely that yeah nice. bum rush to show third one I think I would have to say uh, fucking hell this is really difficult (laughs) you really put me on the spot (laughs) here I'm going to have to say Electro 6 I may have got the number wrong but it's basically the one with uh, Roxanne Chanteney on it okay and it's the mix from that, uh, from Cosmic Blast, which is Captain Rock. To that, I was blown away by that mix. I mean, all of those albums, the mixing was fucking class. Mm-hmm. Like the earlier ones, right up to like eight. Um, but that, that, for me, was probably one of the best mixes. Ever. I mean, it's just a basic mix, but it just like sonically sounded fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's my three. Oh. Awesome. I'll probably change that tomorrow. But yeah, That's got, all right. for, That's good. for but the now, purposes of we'll take that. Yeah. yeah, we'll take that
0: right now. That's all good. <laughs> um, I'm going to check out a couple. I already know the Public Enemy one, and you're right. It's that, like, it's yeah. a very raw style to it. I do like that kind of, like, punk. Like, obviously, Beastie Boys kind of came out the same thing. But that kind of, like, yeah. punk and rap like yeah. the hybrid that came out of that um
1: well the, just... the real killer for that right was the track on there you're gonna get yours right now i love that track anyway mm. right that just makes me want to punch people in the mouth <laughs> but when they brought it out on the 12 rev brought out a pause there was a terminator x getaway version right and it was basically johnny juice not terminator x had just took the instrumental and the vocals and scratched all the way through the vocals that, when I first heard that that still for me today is the stand-up scratch turntablist track in the world. Nice. It fucked me up, right? If I listen to I will play that every opportunity I get. And I was, I was, I've been speaking to Johnny Deuce uh, in the last couple of years on, on like, Facebook and that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's to be able to say to him, you know, that track influenced me to this day, right? It was amazing. Yeah and it was down to that album and uh, I later found out um, he'd done all the cuts on the album as well. All of the complicated cuts on the album, it was Johnny Juice. So wow. and then when I heard Right Starter, I was like, Man, I was, I sit that is not Terminator X doing those cuts. He is dog shit, right? <laughs> no offence. No offence if he's listening. I really hope he fucking isn't. But that wasn't him. Those cuts were nasty. And I've tried to base my whole style of just like I'm not the cleanest DJ in the world, right? But yeah. I am raucous, rowdy you know, raw. I ain't give a fuck. I'm a cut because I want you to hear it. Not because I want people to remember it. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. That, that, Yeah, definitely for that.
0: Nice. Nice. Now I'm going to check out the other two albums. Uh, yeah. Cause I don't think I've heard those. Um, so yeah, I'm going to definitely go back. That's why I like asking. Cause I always like to go back and listen to, like the albums that i hadn't heard that have influenced people just to sort of see where that came from and everything so if,
1: if you like gogo you'll you'll love the trouble from one because that is the archetypal Go Go album it's got drop the bomb on there oh, wow. hey fellas you know that that was their i think it was their first big album as well but pump me up for me was the one that's just that's still to this day i just love that fucking tune nice
0: nice well finally man uh what are your yeah. ho- hobbies away from djing so when you're not cutting it up and all that kind of stuff what do you have any sort of like other pastimes no no <laughs> I didn't think so but reading
1: like, this is going to sound I'm going to sound like a right prick everyone thinks alright rowdy cunt but I'm not it's like yeah reading, right, reading. I fucking love reading like, I read all sorts of shit Always. I, I was quite late to um to, to read and write I think I was about 8 or 9 before I could read or write properly so when I finally learned to read it was just like you know a runaway thing and I've read ever since and I read at every opportunity nice. uh, um, what else do I do I really like parties. <laughs> like anyone that knows me will know that. Uh, what sort of books are you reading at the moment, or if you have zombie been- books? Yeah, all zombie books. Zombie. I spent about years, years. Yeah, zombie books. I go on um, Amazon and yeah. just look because people just write books now, don't they? Put one on Amazon. Yeah. Right? Some of these people should not be fucking writing books. They fuck yeah. the fucked. Hold them there and all for Definitely their not. dog shit. But you know, out of every five painful books you read there's one that crops up you've never heard of the person mm. ends up being a dope book you know i'm i'm all over that kind of shit nice. but i mean I'd, I'd like i'd like to read i mean i've got another book i've started reading about the uh 1918 uh spanish flu epidemic which is nice and cheery yeah it's know, it's, it's,
0: just, it's kind of topical uh, if
1: you want. anything that basically ends in the, in the uh the, the human race just being turned over i'm definitely fucking game for it <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah, hobbies. Cool. Um oh yeah, the trainers, a bunch trainers, yep. uh, coats. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's about it. I'm quite shallow, really.
0: No, that's all right. No, it's all <laughs> I, can, I can get behind the zombie books because I'm a fan of zombie books myself. So, like.
1: I'll tell you what, right? I will look later on when I get a chance. I will look back through my, all the Amazon dog shit books that I've picked up and I'll pick the best ones out. Some of them are only a couple of quid. And, you yeah. know, I mean, I, I race through them in a couple of days, but some of them are real good. I'll, I'll send you a list to see what you think.
0: Yeah, about. no, let me know because I'm always after stuff to, to read anyway. I just finished um, actually the guy who wrote World War Z and the Zombie Survival Guide. Oh, okay, uh, he's just released a new book. It's not a zombie. Book. I've ju-
1: I see that. Yeah. I see that the other week. It's about some sort of strange creature or something. Isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's basically like a Bigfoot story. Um, okay, yeah. But it's done in the style of if you've read World, World War Z. It's done in the style yeah. of that. So it's like accounts of what had happened. It's interviews. It's kind of
1: as long as as long as Brad Pitt don't make some fucking film out of it, I'm sure it'd be good. Yeah.
0: No, I think <laughs> I think this book was originally supposed to be a film. Then he bought the rights back from it so he he turned it into a book. But um, no, I just finished that, and that that was good. I enjoyed that. Uh, And I've just sort of started on some sort of sci-fi stuff at the moment. So Um, reading uh, the guy who wrote Alter Carbon, um, which is the Netflix series now. I think uh,
1: I haven't touched on that yet. I I do read a lot of science fiction, but I haven't read a lot of science fiction for quite a while.
0: Yeah, he's got a bunch of books out, and I just picked up one from... um, uh, 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 I think it was Waterstones, actually. um But yeah, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm sort of starting on that. And it's kind of like a futuristic sci fi sort of like cop story, a bit like Blade Runner, I suppose. Okay, yeah, um, sounds hench. But um, fuck it was-
1: it, I've just realised my street cred is absolutely fucked now talking about it, science. So it's <laughs> fucking game over. You're
0: welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> No, they all know DJs are nerds and geeks. There's no, there's yeah. no getting away from it. So
1: yeah, I try not to be, but I am at heart.
0: Yeah, I think we are well, definitely, I I can't get away from it. Yeah. My day job, I can't get away from it there either because it's a geeky day job, so. Um, so but yeah, um, but no, that's all I've got for you, man. Um, thank you. Uh, it's been absolutely. Thank you for
1: asking me on. I've, no, I've really enjoyed doing it. Not
0: that. a problem, man. It's been absolutely my pleasure. I absolutely love speaking to you. Um, and the, the fact that we are local as well—that's the um, yes that I've kind of discovered over time. Uh, a lot of the places like you mentioned, like Bracknell and stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I still yeah. I still work in Reading, so oh, okay. um, That's where my place of work is. Yeah, okay. I'm still local to here, but like I said, I got a couple of residencies in Guildford and Woking. So,
1: well, when things pick up, I'm sure I'm sure our paths will cross when things are better.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. I, I'm going to try and swing by on the old uh, record store day because I missed the day you were performing in the store at Dance too. Um, yes, <laughs> that was a, that was a bit of a gut one because I, I got totally stuck. I, I ended up. I always go to a couple of record stores, um, yeah, just purely yeah. because I'm I'm friends with a bunch of the people that run them. But um, yeah, I didn't make it to dance tea the last one. So,
1: well, next time, next, definitely time. next time,
0: definitely, yeah, definitely. Well, man, you have a good rest of your evening. Um, again, I will. Thank you. Thank you very much
1: for doing this. No problem. Thank once again. Thank you for asking me to do it.
0: No worries, man. Have a good rest of your evening.
1: I will do.